Yeah. So I guess the bottom line is, you know, when you're on those heavy days, because some people will tell me, oh, gosh, like that's when I really want to wear the tampons because I don't want to flood out. Hi, I'm Mary Wong. And I'm Dr. Tanya Wild. We're wellness experts, fertility strategists, and moms who overcame infertility infusing science and all things natural. We are on a mission to boost your mood, your bod, and your inner mama spirit as you navigate this thing called life. From fertility to pregnancy and mamahood through menopause. Think of us as your own personal fertility squad as you make, grow, birth, and raise your baby. Fasten your seatbelts, lean lean in, and get ready to learn and be encouraged. This is my Fertology Podcast. Good morning, everyone. It is 10-11 on Friday, and it is um, the week of Canadian Infertility Awareness Week. And, you know, we could go do deep dives all about infertility in itself, but really we want to go back to the basics. I'm Mary Wong, and I'm a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner in Toronto, and I will be joined by Dr. Tanya Wild, our naturopathic doctor from Alive Holistic Health. And uh, before we do so, she actually has a bit of a um, technical issue. So the show must go on. I promise that we'd be on at 10. We're a little late, but it's important for us to share our secrets with you. So we're going to start with menstrual health. And um, the very basics is, you know, when you have a period, what are you using and why is that important? And so what happens in Chinese medicine, we talk about how the blood flows how it comes out of our bodies and its ability to flow freely, that is the most important thing. And when it comes to then using menstrual type of products to help you get through your menstrual cycle, then I think it's an important topic to discuss. So very, very back to the basics and could it pop possibly impact your overall health, your menstrual health, as well as your fertility health, possibly. And here's why. So, you know, traditionally people use in these days the menstrual pad, menstrual um, uh, tampons, right? So if we're going to go pads or tampons, as a practitioner of Chinese medicine, we always say, let's use pads, And the reason being is that it's important to allow what I just mentioned. We want the blood to flow out freely. Why? Because if it doesn't, it's going to cause stagnation. It, and I always like to equate the example of when you have a vase of flowers. And you have water, of course, to feed the flowers, to keep it thriving. Well, what happens if you don't change that water? You get the visual. There might be, you could see it getting murky, that water. You can potentially smell this putrid smell over time if it's been days. So it's important to not unblock this flow of menstrual blood because it should really flow freely out of the body. We're talking about menstrual period and how it's important to look at the products we use because that can potentially impact our health. And um, 
I started with, you know, menstrual pad versus tampon. And I get that in our modern society, especially if you're working or if you're uh, a sporty athletic type, it's easy to say, oh, let's just plug us up and pretend we're a guy and we're just going to go about our business. But yet what I've seen is that, you know, sometimes just the simple thing of not using a tampon has had women claim that they actually stopped having menstrual cramps. I don't know if you've ever had that uh, yourself as well, but so, you know, I'm not saying never use tampons. Like if, you know, you're on vacation and it just so happens like you're going to die to, if you don't go into the water, then yeah, you're not going to just wear a pad with your um, bikini. (laughs) That doesn't look so good. But of course, traditionally we said we should, we actually say don't go into the water on your first heavy days or right. Or like if you're, bleed for two days and you're heavy don't go into the water at all but you can't help it in this modern society you want to just pretend that you don't even have your menstrual cycle so what do you do okay fine you can go wear a tampon but if you wear a tampon then maybe you want to wear one that is um non-bleached yeah right so there are products like that but then I think you're more of the expert about the menstrual cup. Do you want to start talking to that, speaking to that? I certainly can. I used one years ago because I thought as a student, it would save me money, better for the environment. And I was trying different approaches to reduce menstrual cramping because I had endometriosis uh, very obviously back then. And um, apparently, um, there's the, most American women will menstruate for about 39 years, right? And on average, at they'll start menstruating at 12 years old. So imagine how many, you know, tampons and pads you could save. Um, I think it was like, I, I was just pulling it up here about uh, 2,400 days will be menstruating over a lifetime. So imagine the number of tampons that, you know, it's about six and a half years of bleeding. So a wow. single, yeah, right? <laughs> I never thought of it in that perspective. No, so if you oh look at I'm a numbers girl, so yeah, yeah, like, of course. like break it down, right? So, and then a single menstruator will literally save somewhere between five and 15,000 uh, tampons or pads in their lifetime if they switch over. Yes. So there's some important things to learn though about the diva cup or the, any cup, any menstrual cup doesn't have right. to be a brand name or anything. Um, it's, it's important to recognize that if you're not comfortable, say with tampons or, you know, inserting something that it's a little bit of a process to like kind of switch over. Cause I remember being like sweating in the bathroom and stressed out, trying to insert this, you know, this cup as a, as a young woman, um, it's a little bit awkward. So you have to mm. take this cup and fold it and then um, insert when you're comfortable, a foot up onto the toilet seat helps and then breathing and then relaxing. And then once it gets past that, um, the like external kind of like the vaginal ring and it pops open inside and it just holds there and you can leave it in for um, the day um, and switch it out when you're at home, which makes it convenient depending on how your heavier bleeds are. And each cup holds about 30 mil and the average woman will kind of menstruate between 60 and 90 mil unless they're a heavy menstruator, in which case then they would want to change out their pads more often. And that's 60 to 90 mil for the whole cycle. 
So it's kind of nice because you can even use it diagnostically if you are curious about a woman, right. you know, the heaviness of their cycles. Pads will often even have on their boxes, like the number of mil it will collect. And if it's, you know, front to back full, you can learn about how many pads a woman's going through in her cycle and then calculate how many mil she's losing and kind of define if she's having a heavy period. So then why don't we just go into that? So why don't you tell us what is considered too light, too heavy, and just right in terms of flow? Right. So I think that... Um, you're not going to measure because that's, you know, something that, uh, <laughs> you know, not everyone's going to want to do that and get a no, no, cover, no, 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 menstrual cup, right? So what I think what is pretty normal is, you know, wearing a menstrual pad and you're changing it every three to four hours, maybe more often when you go to the bathroom for hygiene purposes, right? Some people don't want to like leave it on, even if it's, um, uh, you know, half full That's or right. whatever, but uh, let's say you left it in just to see how long it would take for it to kind of get full front to back. So like that first day, you know, every three to four hours, you're changing it out and it's slightly full, you know, front to back, like three quarters. And then at night you don't have, you don't leak through, like you can wear it through the night. Um, and then day one, two, three, it kind of fades out. So it gets less and less. Somebody who's really heavy would be changing their menstrual pads every, like, um, you know, a, a regular one every two hours, sometimes every hour. Um, and uh, obviously, the more number of days you're changing it out, um, uh, the, the heavier it would be. Like, if you're having um, a super heavy period, you'd be changing every hour to through the first three to five days. And normal healthy cycle would be you know, first two to three days heavy, and then it trails out and it lasts five days. Right. Switching over to pads. And then of course, when we look at fertility, you know, especially of those women that have um, thin uterine lining, they, they sometimes panic because they're like, Oh my goodness, I, I barely have a menstrual flow. Right. So it is a way to gauge, but it's not a hundred percent, especially if you're utilizing uh, fertility drugs too. And, you know, people are expecting to bleed and meanwhile they've been on estrace. So like, you know, a hormonal drug and, and there's nothing happening. So it's like, it's actually okay and normal to not have anything happen before you go to a frozen embryo transfer, if they're silencing the body so much. Right. So that does happen or with Lupron, right. Another one. Um, but I think that's really helpful. Yeah. And what's fascinating is that we aren't told when we're given the birth control pill often at a young age, that if you are on the pill, the birth control pill for more than five years, perhaps you're going on it for menstrual pain or acne or regular cycles. We don't get a lesson on why we're going on the pill or how it helps or how it affects our ovulation. Often. I wish there was more of that conversation. And, uh, but if you go on it for too long, it can thin your lining. It can mm -hmm. actually thin. That's a consequence later if you're on it for, let's say, 15 or 20 years, which can then impact your fertility later. So it's a good idea to, like, if, if you want to go on a birth control pill, um, you know, for perhaps, you know, beyond con like trying to avoid conception, maybe it's more because you do have serious painful periods and you haven't figured out a strategy to address that then try to cap it at five years because after that, that's when all the risks go, the risks of breast cancer, the risks, uh, cause it's, you know, like the progestins, like the synthetic hormones, and then the risks of uh, thinner lining and, and uh, other complications. So it's not that the birth control is bad. It's, I mean, it, it's a great uh, solution to, you know, serious acne in short term, you know, but uh, trying to get to the root cause is really helpful and trying right. to cap it 
And then what is considered a thin, uh, I mean, a uh, light cycle um, would be essentially uh, like you don't even need a menstrual pad, right? Or you're using like a thin, thin liner. Cantiliner. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so when you say this, I just don't want to raise fear for those people that are saying, oh my gosh, but I have already been on the pill for 10, 15, 20 years, because there are lots of women that are in that category. So if you're in that place, it's like, well, maybe you want to consider getting off now and see what your baseline is. So we're not going to panic, but it's like, we're going to deal with where you're at. And there's lots of things that you can do, right? So that's why we're here speaking to this. So Tanya is a doctor naturopathic medicine. I'm an acupuncturist and traditional Chinese medicine practitioner. So there's lots of ways that we can help to regulate your cycle and your menstrual bleed to bring it back to normalcy. I mean, sometimes it's not 100% and that's okay too, but at least get your body in working order, right? So that's helpful. And, you know, before you came on, I was comparing when we use um, tampons to that of like, using a vase, like when you have a vase of flowers and if you keep the same water in for days on end, it gets putrid. And so what we're saying is, you know, for people that are using tampons, you really do need to switch it out quickly, right? Because we don't want anything to fester and um, it's just not healthy. And in terms of the menstrual cup, I was kind of like wavering, like, hmm, I don't know if it's really bad because you're taking the cup out and the blood sticks into the cup. So it's a little different than the pa- uh, the tampon. So- yeah, you have to have good hygiene with it. It's important to wash it with soap and water um, at the end of the day and between uses and then... Um, uh, where actually you can just use water between uses, but you want to make sure that it's not, um, let's say between menstrual cycles, just kind of left with just soap and water. You want to sterilize it at the end of each cycle. So boil it in water. Otherwise you can develop bacterial vaginosis, like an unstable bacterial environment. It can impact that. Oh, so that's um, interesting. Cause I see some women with, um, BV, right. Mm-hmm. When they're trying to uh, conceive as well, they, it's discovered then because normally you don't really test it. And right. now there's more of a trend towards testing. How is your microbiome in the, you know, in, in your nether regions and just to see if for her receptivity. And a lot of times you get BV now, bacterial vaginosis. So yeah. I wonder if one of the reasons why, right? It could be, it could also be tampon use and, you know, so it's, it is important, I think, to, um, if you're going to use these things, kind of, uh, maybe get some advice from uh, doctors to make sure that you're using it right. And I mean, we don't have these conversations, right? With no. uh, doctors about tampons and cups and menstrual pads and even reusable cloth ones are nice. Like the menstrual pads or even there's underwear now that you can wear that yes. you wash between. Yes, right? exactly. That would probably be the best, right? But in an ideal world, you know, you could do that. But what if you're sporty, like you were saying, I heard as I was jumping on, like if you're going into swimming or something like that, you can't wear, you know, you right. have to wear for a competition. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I guess the bottom line is, you know, when you're on those heavy days, because some people will tell me, oh, gosh, like that's when I really want to wear the tampons because I don't want to flood out. Right. And leak. Yeah. 
So right. But ideally it's like in Chinese medicine, we say, actually, that's the time when you really wanted to let it out and not use a cup or a tampon at all. And because we really want it to flow out uninhibited. And that's why some women actually get better with regards to the menstrual cramps when they're using pads or menstrual underwear. But, you know, so when you're using menstrual underwear, then the same thing, you just have to wash it a lot more. And um, to your point on saving money and for the environment, I think that would be way better. So the menstrual underwear is not cheap, but over time, of course, it's going to make a big impact and Mm -hmm. um, it may be better for your menstrual health as well. I was shocked to see those stats and that you're like menstruating for six and a half years. Cause in my head, I thought, how cool would it be if as society, we were more supportive of men, women, you know, especially when they have endometriosis and painful periods to kind of just give them a break during that time. Right. Some, some women are forced to take a break. They just have no choice. Right. They, they have to take a day or two off, but that would be six and a half years. If you're including like the five days of her cycle, that would be too much time off. But if there's some kind of balance in there, you know, like, you know, I have to talk about it even when the postpartum period, like if, if women were supported, um, you know, for those first three years when their kids are getting sick more to have sick days, you know, to have that time of rest, just like when your menstrual cycles are are coming on, like just to have a a rest time, you know, yes, we would be so much better in society and we would thrive and we would be, you know, embracing our cycles. And instead of looking at it as like a stigma that, oh, our periods come again, means we have to slow down. Instead, it's like, oh, it's slow down time. Let's embrace it. You know. Well, you know what? Then why don't we? Why don't we uh, jump off this call? We're going to come back on live again and create a, a different episode with regards to that. Like, you know, how to live your cycle according to your life. <laughs> because it's so important and thriving, right? Yeah. And because that, that it will impact how you work. Yes. And, you know, because it, it is true that your hormones are, are and your how you relate to yourself, whether you know it or not, like it or not, it's different in different phases of your cycle. 